Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God. And today, we want to talk about a common misconception a lot of people have, and it's primarily this misconception is amongst evangelical Christians, people on campus who believe the Bible, who I believe are saved, on their way to heaven. But there's an important misunderstanding they have here, and that's to answer the question, are all sins equal? Are all sins equal? Now, this comes from, this is an important question, because lots of times on campus, we spend a lot of time talking about homosexuality and the LGBTQ issues. And people ask me, well, why do you talk about this so much? Do you think this is a worse sin than other sins? Well, the truth is, the reason I talk about it so much is that's what I get asked about. If you've ever been around and heard me actually preach, I start by preaching the gospel for maybe five, ten minutes or so. It doesn't take long before someone usually has some questions, and that's what makes what I do actually quite interesting. We're willing to take questions. Unlike many other teachers and professors and religious leaders and so forth, uh, we give, we, we listen to the students, we respect their questions, we honor the fact they have genuine questions, and we listen to them. And we try and we try and answer to remove the obstacles that they have in the way that are keeping them from faith in God and faith in the Bible, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So we take questions. And there are days, folks, there are days when it seems every single question is about homosexuality. That's right. This is the world we live in. It's like, this is what's on students' minds. This is what they want to ask about. When they think of Christianity, they think of its prohibition of homosexuality. That's the narrative we're working with. And indeed, we should realize that, that this is a major obstacle. Our, the youth of our culture, the youth of our world have embraced homosexuality as the moral equivalent of heterosexuality. And they see Christianity as standing in the way of it, and they have questions about it. Some of them want to tar and feather us as bigots. Others just really are trying to understand, but this is what comes up. And so they ask, why do you talk about it so much? And my answer is, well, why do you ask about it so much? Because once we get going, that's the primary thing we're doing is answering questions. And we keep trying to direct it back to the gospel issue and back to the authority of God, the authority of scripture and so on. And it keeps, they keep bringing that up. That's why we talk about it. However, there is a question. Because sometimes then a Christian will say to us, aren't all sins equal? And this leads to some really sloppy, fuzzy, poor theology to believe this. So I'd like to talk about it just a little bit. And I want to say that if you don't understand this, um, I, I think that it can really lead to some major problems. One major problem is being thought of being understood by people, by, by the lost. Folks, I've been on campuses before where students have Christian students have contended to me that breaking the speed limit by five miles an hour is, quote, just as bad as what Adolf Hitler did. And I think to myself, I hope you're not telling this on their unbelievers. I hope you're not telling them that they're just as evil as Adolf Hitler because they broke the speed limit. These people will think our religion's crazy. They'll think, what in, the, what in the world do you guys really believe? Do you, see, do you see breaking the speed limit as the moral equivalent of the Holocaust and murdering millions of people? My friends, I think that this, this idea can lead to some really strange ideas. 
some strange behavior. I've known of I've known of young people who are tricked into sexual immorality and fornication because they take the verse where Jesus said, you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that if you lust for a woman, you've committed adultery already in your heart. And they've reasoned, well, all sins are equal. And I've done it in my heart. I might as well go ahead and do it physically because they're all equal. I'm already in sin. There's no difference. They're equal. But are they? Are all sins really equal? Now, the whole discussion here comes from the Catholic version of or the Catholic theology of what's called mortal and venial sins. In Catholicism, a mortal sin would be breaking one of the Ten Commandments, and if you die with a mortal sin, you're going to go to hell. You have to have forgiveness and mass and last rites and all these, all the activities, all the, all the sacraments of forgiveness in Catholicism, or if you die with that mortal sin, you're going to hell. However, if you die with a what's called a venial sin, you go to a place called purgatory. And purgatory is where you get, it's, it's suffering, it's a tough place, but you get cleansed in purgatory of your venial sins. Mortal sins are the big ones, the deadly ones. It's breaking the Ten Commandments. It's the bad ones. It's the ones that would lead to eternal judgment. Venial sins are thought of as the little sins, things like gossiping, laziness, uh, lack of prayer, lack of discipline, um, uh, pride, sins that are more internal that you don't act out upon. And what we do want to say when we're talking to lost people and we're talking to unbelievers is that all sin separates us from God. There's not a distinction that some sins send you to hell and some sins send you to purgatory where you pay them off yourself and then get to go to heaven later on. That's not accurate theology. In one sense, yes. In that sense, all sins are equally wrong or all sins are, let's just say this, let's leave out the word uh, equal. All sins are wrong. All sins condemn us. Big sins condemn us. Little sins condemn us. All sins can, can separate us from God, and therefore all sin needs to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't take care of the little sins and just leave Jesus to do, take care of the big ones. They're all through the blood of Christ, big sins and little sins. But that can lead then to some people going a step further, and they get this from James chapter 2. So let's take a look at this verse. They say all sins are equal. James 2, verses 10 and 11. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. What's that mean? Well, let's let's keep going on. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, you shall not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So the question here becomes, say I don't commit adultery, but I do commit murder, does God consider me guilty of adultery as well, of both sins, even though I didn't commit the adultery? And my answer is no, he doesn't. He doesn't consider you guilty of that. What he says is you've transgressed the law. You cannot say, and and see, I used to say this. Years ago, I used to say, if you were to ask me why I should, why I should go to heaven, I would have said, well, I've never killed anybody. I will admit I dishonored my parents, taking God's name in vain, stole something, lied. 
I would imagine I'd broken, I, I would I would admit that I had broken the other nine commandments, but I would both say, well, I haven't killed anyone. So since I haven't broken that one, I'm okay. Well, no, I was a transgressor of the law. How many laws do you need to break to be a transgressor of the law? Only one. You can't argue and say, well, I didn't, I'm not guilty because I didn't do that one because I did the other one. So the law, I don't know the way I picture this, and it's been explained to me before and I really like it. Say you're hanging from a chain. Uh, say you're on a bottom of a helicopter and there's a chain and you're hanging way up in the air and you're hanging by a chain and, and how many links in the chain need to break before you're going to fall? All 10 don't need to break. If one link breaks, the chain's broken and you're falling. How many sins do you need to commit before you're guilty? You don't have to commit all of them. You can't, you can't contend, well, I didn't break that one, so I'm not guilty. If you break one law, you're guilty of breaking the law, and therefore you're guilty and you're in trouble. So again, this does not mean that, that uh, if I've committed adultery, that God considers me guilty of also lying, murder, stealing, etc. You're only guilty of what you've done. However, you only need to break one law to be in trouble. And so does this mean they're all equal? It means, again, the word equal is not there. What it means is you're a lawbreaker. If you've broken a law, you're a lawbreaker. You're in trouble. This is what it means. But we go too far in the in in we take it too far when we say they're all equal. Any breaking of the law gets you in trouble. But but does that mean that some are not worse than others? Of course not. That's really doesn't make sense. Just like in our day, in our in our human sense, you break the law, you go to prison. But murder is worse than stealing. And I do believe that there is that this is taught in Scripture. Let's look at a couple of verses quickly. Are all sins equal? Look at Mark chapter 3, verses 28 and 29. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. This is the unpardonable sin. This is a sin that, that seems to be different than others, seems to be worse than others. This blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and what was going on here, they were contending that Jesus was casting out demons by the power of the devil. And Jesus said, you are giving, you're, you're, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And he was warning them, this is an eternal sin. By the way, I don't want you to get worried about this if you fear that maybe you've done it. I think when those Pharisees walked away that day, they had zero conviction that they were guilty and wondered if they'd done it. And if you have that fear conviction, repent before God. But if you have that conviction, you probably haven't done it. Good chance you haven't done it. But here's, a, here's my point. This sin is worse. How about this verse? When Jesus was speaking before Pilate, and Pilate was about to have Jesus crucified, sentenced to death. You'd think that would be terrible sin, but look at what Jesus said here. John 19, 11, Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me unless it had been granted you from above for this reason. He who delivered to me delivered me to you has the greater sin. That's right. Those who delivered Jesus up to Pilate, those who betrayed him, those who turned him over, committed a greater sin than Pilate committed. Here again, we see a distinction that something is worse than another, that Jesus is clearly teaching one sin is worse than another. 
Now let's get to this area of sexual sin, because this is really what the students are asking about. And look at 1 Corinthians 6, verses 18 through 20. Flee immorality, it says. Flee it. Run from it. This, the idea is like you're escaping, like you've, you've broken out of prison and you're on the run, and, and you don't want to get caught again. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. There seems to be a distinction here, does there not? There's something here that Paul is pointing out. There's a power. There's a, there's a consequence. There's a, there's a um, connection to the body that's different. And he, and he urges us to flee it. He goes on to say, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Brothers and sisters, our bodies belong to God. Jesus bought us with his precious blood. And the devil not only hates you, he hates your body. He wants to destroy it. And one way he destroys it, and we, and by the way, we should take care of our bodies. We should... We should watch our health and watch what we eat and make sure that we're staying healthy so we have a body that we can serve God in as best we possibly can. But understand this, the worst thing you can do to your body is sin, and the sin of immorality. There is something about sexual sins that is of a different nature. If you've done it, you need to repent of it. Don't minimize it. Don't say, well, this is no different than, you know, I told a little white lie or I, you know, I had a bad thought the other day, or something like this. No, these sins have a power over us. And if you've committed sexual sins, cry out to God. Ask him not only to forgive you, but to break the power of that sin that that sin holds within you. Because it's, it, it, it tends to just grasp onto people and hold onto them and become a controlling, dominant sin in their lives. Don't minimize it. Cry out to Jesus. Find freedom from the power and chain of that sin. And don't justify it. And again, understand, if you want to pray for the youth of our world today, you want to pray for our whole culture, we have become uh, saturated with sexual sin. We have become overcome as a culture, overcome by sexual sin. Last night in our small group, we were talking about how people turned away from God because of evolution, so on. No doubt about it. That's true. The number one reason people are turning away from God today is they are overcome by sexual sin. You want to pray for God to pray for revival in our land? Pray there'd be repentance from the sexual sin that has such power over people's lives. Amen. Let's us do that right now. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we thank you that you are a holy God. We thank you that with you there is no sin. And we thank you that your eyes are too pure to look upon sin and you don't tolerate sin. And so right now, Lord, whether we have big sins or little sins, we, we come to you with a spirit of repentance and humility and we ask, Lord, we don't justify anything. We don't say, oh, it's no big deal. We don't justify anything. We claim the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And we say, hallelujah, thank you, and we praise you. And we pray, Father, for those people who are caught in sexual sins. We pray for people caught in the LGBTQ uh, 
bondage to these sins. We cry out for people who are uh, caught up in in, uh, heterosexual fornication, these sins. You said to flee immorality because these sins tend to control us. They can control our bodies. They they make us one flesh with, with sin. And I pray, Father, for anyone here who's struggling with this or overcome by this, they would find freedom and victory through Jesus Christ. You are the great conqueror. You're the one who breaks the chains. You're the one who sets us free. We bless you and we love you. And we pray in our land, Lord. I pray for our campuses. I pray for our cities. I pray for our families. Lord, break the power of this destructive sin of sexual immorality, wherever it comes, wherever it rears its ugly head, the pornography epidemic, the, the temptation, our entertainment, break it, we pray, and bring us back to holiness in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Folks, this is what really counts. Walk in holiness with our Lord. Walk in victory with our Lord. If you're a young person watching watching today, don't sell yourself short. Don't think you're missing out on something. If you're missing out on sin, good for you. God has a great future planned for you. Don't give in to the temptations of our world. Hey, if you're new today, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Glad to have you along. Uh, I hope you'll subscribe to our channel. Uh, set a time that you will come here regularly, whether live at 8.30 in the morning, sometime later in the day, uh, in the evening. I got a wonderful email yesterday from some young people in high school. One guy listens before school, another listens before he goes to bed. Set a time and um, make it a part of make it a habit. Get in the Word daily. It'll strengthen you and make you victorious. To those of you who come here every day, I love you. So glad to have you along. Make sure you like the video on the way out and share it with your friends. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.